It's time for the setup. The fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on The Setup, a Friday, October 15th, 2021 edition of the show. Cade Cade Carlton with you today, riding solo. No Andrew Bowen, he'll be back with us on Monday, but ready to get going here on a Friday edition of the setup. 95.3 The Ticket, 96.9 The Ticket is where you can find us on the FM side, 970 AM KDA. Also at 953theticket.com by going to the TuneIn app and searching for KNEA there as well. You can also find us on Twitter at 953theticket and on Facebook by tapping in facebook.com slash 95.3 the ticket. A lot to get into on the show today. We're going to be joined uh, here in about 30 minutes or so by Lang Whitman, the Railbird, to go over some college football picks. We'll also talk about some of uh, the uh, the best college football games upcoming this weekend after our conversation wraps with Lane. Uh, a lot to recap in the MLB and to go over in the MLB in terms of the playoffs this weekend. We saw some college football last night as well, uh, some NFL football, and so we'll get into all that right after we Get into some headlines at the top of the show, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, as the number one headline around the area right now is that the St. Louis Cardinals have parted ways with manager Mike Schilt. President of Baseball Operations John Mosellock announced the move on Thursday, stating that philosophical differences led to the dismissal. Schilt led the Cardinals to the playoffs three times, including in 2021 when the team surged to finish with a 17-game winning streak in September. Mosellock stated in his news conference that there were already initial candidates for the job under consideration and that the organization would move quickly to fill the opening. Meanwhile, Arkansas State football is off this weekend for their bye week. The Red Wolves return to the field next Thursday, October 21st, against Louisiana, a game that can be heard over on 1079 K-Fine and be seen on ESPNU from Centennial Bank Stadium. Meanwhile, Arkansas returns to Reynolds Razorback Stadium for the first time in almost a month to face Auburn for homecoming tomorrow morning. The Hogs are looking to snap a five-game losing skid in the series and a two-game losing skid overall on the season. Saturday's kickoff is set for 11 a.m. tomorrow. So those are your headlines brought to you by Plaza Tire Service. In terms of programming, you can hear across the EAB Sports Network, we have a lot upcoming for you this weekend. Uh, starting tonight, uh, we'll be able to bring you some high school football from around the area as it'll be Brooklyn and Valley View taking on each other in a crosstown showdown tonight from Central Dealership Stadium out at Valley View. You can hear the Valley View call over on KBTM or check in with the Brooklyn call over on 101.7 KISS FM. Meanwhile, Nettleton is on the road. They're taking on uh, Green County Tech tonight, or at, at home, excuse me, against Green County Tech, so you can hear that game over on 94.1 Bob FM. So those are the uh, those are the 5A East games going on tonight. Meanwhile, Jonesboro, they're in action, taking on West Memphis. You can hear that game right here on the ticket. So uh, pregame coverage starts up at 6.30 for all of those games. 
followed by kickoff at 7 o'clock. Also this weekend on the ticket, uh, you'll be able to hear the Dallas Cowboys as they travel to take on the New England Patriots. That game starts up uh, around 3.15 on Sunday right here on the ticket. So, a busy night of football all across the EAB Sports Network and really this weekend across the ticket as we'll be able to bring you Cowboys football coming up on Sunday. There was some football last night. Uh, really kind of crazy because we had three games played last night, uh, three football games played last night, and all three were blowouts. Uh, in the Sunbelt game, it felt like it was a very important game for South Alabama. Uh, South Al entered with a mark of 3-2 uh, and two on the year and felt like if they were able to get a win last night that they would be able to easily uh, get to six wins uh, with their upcoming schedule. And it looks like that might be the case for South Al as they sit at 4-2 and two on the year after their 41-14 win over Georgia Southern last night. They, they're at ULM next week. Then they take on A-State on October 30th, and then they're at Troy on uh, November the 6th. So a, uh, a pretty favorable stretch upcoming for South Alabama as they look to get to six wins and be eligible for a bowl game. But really, this game was never close last night. Um, it was 31-8 to at the half, and South Al kind of called the dogs off, I guess, a little bit in the second half of play. Georgia Southern kicked a couple of field goals, and they got it to 41-14. to But at one point in the second quarter, Georgia Southern had just one yard of offense. So it was really never a close game last night. Georgia Southern wound up with just 234 total yards of offense in the game. Also a note, seven of Georgia Southern's 12 offensive possessions ended in four or fewer plays last night. So... Really a dominating performance from South Al on both lines of scrimmage as they controlled the game from start to finish. And they kind of looked like a team that knew this was a crucial game for their bowl chances because if you're South Al, you enter three and two, but if you lose, not only are you dropping a three and three, but you're dropping to 0 and three in conference play, having lost three straight games, and it's looking real bleak in terms of your your bowl chances. So that was a big win for South Al last night. Uh, really the first time, I think it might have been the first time, we've seen their new stadium on national television. The stadium looked great, their uniforms looked great, and it was uh, overall a, a really good win for South Alabama last night. Uh, I do wonder if Kane Womack at some point is going to be in consideration for some big-time jobs because you look at South Al – and in their last four seasons, they've gone four and eight, three and nine, two and ten, and four and seven. And I, I mean, I doubt any Power Five team is hiring a Group of Five coach that just goes six and six or seven and five this year. But Kane Womack is probably one of the next up in terms of a, a Group of Five coach that will be in the Power Five ranks within the next two to three years because he's got South Alabama rolling like they really haven't been rolling since. They uh, they joined the sub, but it also really helps when you have a guy like Jalen Tolbert at receiver who can average 16 yards per catch, uh, like he did last night. Tolbert finished the game with 11 receptions for 174 yards and a touchdown. And if not for Coastal Carolina, probably would be a shoe in to be the offensive and just the overall player of the year in the Sun Belt this year uh, because he's having a really good season. He's really, really worries me against A-State in, in a couple of weeks. I also think it's really impressive just how disciplined South Alabama is. You go back and look at their drives from last night, and they only had five penalties for 15 yards. So they have a lot of talent offensively. Kane Womack doing a great job in his first year, and they 
don't commit just a ton of penalties, just five penalties for 15 yards last night. Uh, and so they're kind of in a situation now where if they can reel off their next three or just two of their next three, which I think is highly likely, uh, the Coastal and App matchups in November become extremely, extremely interesting. I don't know if they can beat Coastal, but the App game especially becomes really interesting. It'll be interesting to see how uh, South Alabama finishes the season if they can reel off a few games over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the other game last night, it uh, we talked about it on the show yesterday. Navy and Memphis three or four years ago would have been a battle for maybe first place in the AAC. Both of these teams, you know, a few years ago were within the top 25 or receiving votes for the top 25 or in the conversation for receiving a New Year's Six bowl berth. But both teams have not had a good season to this point. Navy entered the game just 1-4. and four. Memphis had a really good non-conference season. They knocked off Mississippi State, but had lost three in a row entering the game, and uh, they stood at 3-3, three and three, but it was that game was never in doubt. Memphis won 35-17 last night. It was a 28-10 to 10 game at the half, and Navy just could not get anything going offensively on uh, Memphis last night. They finished with 200 rushing yards. Most of those came kind of in the third and fourth quarters when Memphis had caught the dogs off a little bit, and it was really and truthfully never a close game last night in the Liberty Bowl. Um, but it is it is weird because Memphis had a super impressive non-conference slate, just stumbled in the first three games of the AAC, and then kind of looked like the team we saw in Jonesboro uh, in the second week of the season last night as they just dominated Navy uh, from start to finish in the game. So really interested to see how the rest of Memphis' season goes after last night, if that gives them a little bit of momentum. One thing to note, Calvin Austin, who went off in Jonesboro, was really kind of held in check. He had just two catches for 20 yards last night, but uh, – Seth Hennigan, the freshman quarterback, wasn't asked to do just a ton. He only threw 12 passes, but wound up throwing for 215 yards and a couple of scores last night. So that was a a big-time performance uh, from Memphis last night. So uh, Memphis defeated Navy 35-17 to last night. Those were the two college football games last night. In terms of games tonight, uh, we'll see Clemson at Syracuse in the Carrier Dome, which looks to be a really interesting game. Clemson's favored by a couple of touchdowns, but... Obviously, Clemson has not shown the ability to do much of anything on offense this year, so it'll be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Uh, we'll see Cal at Oregon tonight on ESPN, and we'll see San Diego State at San Jose State tonight on uh, CBS Sports Network. So a couple of interesting late-night matchups uh, on ESPN and CBS Sports Network tonight uh, to keep our eye on. We'll come back. Uh, we'll kind of go over what happened in the NFL game last night, look at the MLB, uh, check in on college football a little bit and more. Lane Whitman about 20 minutes away from joining us right after our first time out of the day on the ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Football season is in full swing, and your friends at The Ticket are talking about all the teams you care about. High school, Red Wolves, Razorbacks. We've got you covered with all your favorite shows, including The Front Row with Budrow, RWRC Radio, The Workday Red Zone with Caro Ritchie, The Setup, and The Drive with Brad Bobo. And The Ticket is Northeast Arkansas's home to the Dallas Cowboys. So if you want football, we're here for you on 1041 KBRI KNEA AM 970 953 and 969 the ticket you money 
Now that I have your attention. Plating and Sports in Jonesboro wants to buy your used sports equipment. You heard me right. If you have something that's either outgrown or no longer being used, bring it to Plating and Sports now. They're looking for youth and adult baseball and softball equipment, golf, weights and workout equipment, disc golf, you name it. Plating and Sports can turn it into cash for you. Go buy Plating and Sports at the corner of Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. Hello, I'm estate planning and elder law attorney Chad Oldham. More and more often today, I hear clients tell me that the only thing golden about the golden years is that it takes all the gold to grow old. Don't be a victim of rising health care and nursing home costs. Be prepared. Have a plan. Contact us today to find out how we help our clients protect and preserve assets for family and future generations. The Oldham Law Firm, 603 Southwest Drive in Jonesboro, or visit us on the web at oldhamlawfirm.com. Hey, it's John G. for George Kale Motors in Newport. Have you ever been to a car dealership and a salesperson chases you around like you stole something? At George Kale Motors, we won't chase you around or lie in front of your car to make you stop. But we will try to do everything we can to make you comfortable and enjoy your shopping experience. We offer great selection, great prices, and exceptional service after the sale. View our entire inventory at georgekalemotors.com or come see us at Newport. Off Highway 67, Exit 85, GMC and George Kale Motors, we are professional grade. At First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, it is important that we are where you are. You see, it's not only about offering the latest in banking technology, it's also about being there for you. We pride ourselves in having multiple locations where you are never far from one of our offices. We know it's important to you that from time to time you visit with us personally about a product or service or just a question about your account. We know the convenience of that service is important. You see, it's not just about the products we offer, but it is also about convenience. That's why we are where you are. First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, member FDIC. There's a new elite dog grooming salon in Jonesboro. High Standards Grooming is different from the rest. High Standards Grooming offers a completely cage-free environment with a positive, force-free, and muzzle-free grooming experience for your furry family member. Let Mallory Garrison and her staff treat your dog like their own at High Standards Grooming, right by Sage Meadows on County Road 712 inside Central Park. Find them on Facebook at High Standards Jonesboro or call them for an appointment today, 501-546- 4613. Experience the difference of high standards grooming. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back in here on the setup. Kate Carlton with you on this Friday afternoon. No Andrew Bowen, who is currently en route to Knoxville for the Ole Miss-Tennessee game this week. He'll be back on Monday. We're about 15 minutes away from uh, having a chat, uh, our weekly Friday chat with Ling Whitman, the Railbird, going over some uh, college football lines and picks for the weekend. So uh, excited to talk to him here in about 15 minutes or so on the ticket uh, we'll we'll get into the NFL game from last night we'll get into some MLB talk uh, but again just want to remind you coming up uh, tonight on the EAB Sports Network uh, a ton of high school football coverage coming your way here in a few hours as uh, 6 30 tonight uh, pre-game starts 7 p.m. kickoff for all of the games Brooklyn taking on Valley View on the road in a key 5A East battle, Valley View are 2-1 and one in the 5A East, Brooklyn 1-2 and two in the 5A East. Nettleton is hosting Green County Tech tonight at uh, 
Raider Field for their homecoming tonight. So you can hear that game on 94.1 Bob FM. By the way, the Brooklyn game can be heard on KISS FM. Or if you want the Valley View side, it's over on KBTM. And then Jonesboro right here on the ticket tonight uh, taking on West Memphis with a 6.30 pregame and a 7 o'clock kickoff here on the ticket. And then after all the games go final, it'll be the Friday Night Lights scoreboard show presented by Kavanaugh Auto Group with Will Oswald starting up around 9.30 or so right here on the ticket. Uh, so we kind of talked about the uh, the college football games from last night and everything that uh, went on there. And actually, there really wasn't a whole lot that went on, just a couple of blowouts in the college football games last night. Uh, the other game was was Bucks-Eagles Thursday night football. Really kind of had expectations for that to be a close game. Uh Brady coming off of a five-touchdown performance last weekend against Miami, so really didn't think Brady would be that efficient uh, coming into this game, but uh, it I think this year might be the most efficient year maybe he's ever had uh, because he did throw an interception last night, but he wound up going 34-42 for almost 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns last night and just very, 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 very efficient uh, and the Buccaneers just have a ton of guys on offense. I mean, it was 28-7 to in the third with just under six minutes left. The Eagles wound up scoring a couple of late touchdowns, but by that point, I mean, it, it was over. Um, really, the only thing the Eagles did at that point was make it a respectable score, but the Bucs are just so unfair in, in terms of some of the skill guys that they have, and if they're going to surround Brady with that, he can play until he's 50. I mean, you you have Leonard Fournette uh, at running back, then you have Antonio Brown, then O.J. Howard, then Chris Godwin, then Mike Evans, not to mention the fact that Rob Gronkowski's out now with an injury, and this is, just looks like a dominant team. Um, they're going to lose a few in the regular season. They may be a three- or four-loss team. They've already lost one to the Rams, but when they're clicking, there is nobody in the NFL that is as good as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. Uh, just with so many different skill guys offensively, they are so loaded. And it really kind of reminds me of uh, the 2019 type run we saw with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs wound up losing four games in the regular season. They went 12-4, and four, but really it was never in question. Once we got to about October or November, I don't think it was much in question on who was going to win the Super Bowl that year, and they just ran through the playoffs. I think that really could be the same with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year because they dominated a uh, Philadelphia Eagles team that really, really needed the win to stay in the hunt in the uh, NFC East last night. So um, the Eagles dropped their mark to 2-4 and four on the year uh, and really just – there is a huge gap right now between the Cowboys and everyone else in the uh, NFC East. Uh, the Cowboys are the only team right now with a winning record. Uh, meanwhile, Washington's in second place at two and three. The Cowboys are at four and one, and win this weekend over the Patriots, and they increase their lead a ton in the uh, NFC East. So that'll be an interesting storyline to follow, just to see how far ahead Dallas can get themselves in terms of the uh, NFC East race. In terms of baseball, baseball last night, it was a bizarre ending in Giants-Dodgers. It, kind of a weird series in Giants-Dodgers because most of the games in that series had been kind of blowouts. I mean, it was, sure, it was tied up at two all, but most of the games in that series had been decided by, you know, two, three, four runs and really had not just been Super close going into that one. Uh, it was 
It was a 3-1 win for the Dodgers in Game 1, then a 4-0 win for the Giants in Game 1, then a 9-2 win for the Dodgers in Game 2. The Giants won 1-0 in Game 3, and then it was 7-2 Dodgers in Game 4. So really had not had a lot of close scoring outcomes in that series, and we'd seen a few blowouts in that series. But last night was a really, really good baseball game. The Dodgers plate one at the top of the sixth, and then the Giants strike at the bottom of the sixth. And it kind of got to a point where... You felt like whoever scored, whoever got on the board next was going to win the game because runs came at a premium last night. Uh, the pitching was just extremely good. Um, you know, after both teams scored in the six, again, you just kind of had an idea that the next run would win. Logan Webb, who was the starting pitcher for the Giants, was phenomenal in the series and really just shut down the. Dodgers the whole series he only gave up one run to the Dodgers in both of his outings uh he went seven complete in both games only giving up one run and that one run came last night he only had one walk in the series as well and he had seven strikeouts of the Dodgers last night so Logan Webb was fantastic for the San Francisco Giants and honestly if he could have gone a complete game they probably would have won that game but uh His pitch count really got up there. He was over 100 pitches after the seventh inning, and so the Giants had to turn to their bullpen last night, and uh, the Dodgers were able to cash in the winning run uh, to defeat the Giants last night. Uh, It was a a weird ending on the check swing call. I don't necessarily think it was a check swing. I don't know how you make that call in that situation, but at the end of the day, the pitch was low, and I don't know. It's kind of one of those deals where – if you don't want the call to be made, then don't swing. It was a bad call, um, and maybe if they don't make the call, the Dodgers or the, the Giants win the game. Who knows? But in the end, the Dodgers uh, wind up winning last night. Not really sure kind of what they did with their pitching, but it worked. Um, they had a couple of, I guess, setup guys to start the game out of the bullpen. A couple of bullpen guys that went a complete inning. Then Julio Reyes came on in the third and went four complete innings. Uh, and then you saw Trinan and Jansen come on. But then Max Scherzer comes on to get the save and close out the game. So Scherzer only threw 13 pitches. Uh, not really sure what it does for his availability in terms of that Brave series, which starts up on uh, Sunday. That'll be, or I guess Saturday. That'll be very interesting to see what it does for Scherzer. I doubt he pitches in Game One, uh, but he came on to get the save last night. And whatever the Dodgers, whatever the Dodgers did out of the bullpen, uh, worked as they defeated the Giants two to one last night. So. Would have been nice to see uh, Chris Bryant uh, have a chance to get a ring for the Giants, but at the end of the day, we have two very, very interesting uh, NL and ALCSs now because you have Boston at Houston that starts tonight at 7.07 on Fox. Uh, then you have Dodgers-Braves that starts up tomorrow night in Atlanta at uh, 7.07. So really two interesting series. Uh, the Dodgers probably have the more talented roster than the the Braves. They definitely have a better bullpen than the Braves do, but the Braves have enough firepower to make that series interesting. I don't know if it goes much past six games, but that has the potential to be an interesting series. But uh, Boston, Boston and Houston has a chance to be one of the best ALCS that we've seen in a while. Just two very loaded teams from top to bottom. Boston 
is probably the hottest team in baseball. If they aren't the hottest team, then it's the Astros right behind them. So uh, very interesting to see how that series shapes out. Uh, and that will get underway tonight uh, over on Fox at uh, 7.07 is the start time in that. So should be uh, should be fun baseball this weekend as uh, the ALCS starts tonight, then we'll get the NLCS starting tomorrow. We'll be interesting to see just how the short turnaround does affect the Dodgers who just played last night in San Francisco and now have to fly down to Atlanta today to take on the Braves. So it'll be interesting to see how the Dodgers look in uh, game one of that series, but game one coming up tomorrow night over on Fox. Uh, In other professional news today, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles, who we mentioned lost last night, might kind of be in a little bit of a sell-off mode as they really had their backs against the wall in the NFC East now. As uh, three-time Pro Bowl tight end Zach Ertz was dealt to the Arizona Cardinals uh, in exchange for Tate Gowan and a 2022 fifth-round draft pick. So uh, the Arizona Cardinals, who have the best record in all of the NFL kind of loading up with another tight end and uh, Zach Ertz that really just makes them even more uh, lethal. They have the, the uh, Cardinals have an off weekend this week, but uh, so we'll get to see Ertz, I guess in action next Sunday uh, when the Cardinals are uh, back in action against the Houston Texans. So that will be uh, very interesting to add to the fold. You already have Kyler Murray. You already have uh, Chase Edmonds. You already have DeAndre Hopkins and a ton of other skill skill guys that are really good uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. So that'll be interesting to kind of add to the fold. Uh, in terms of just uh, other sports slate tonight, I already mentioned the MLB schedule. Kind of went over this earlier, but uh, college football slate, we'll see Marshall at North, Marshall at North Texas at uh, 6 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Clemson at Syracuse at 6 on ESPN. Then a couple of late-night games, Cal at Oregon and San Diego State at San Jose State. Both of those starting up at 9.30 on ESPN and then CBS Sports Network. We have a ton of college football to get to this weekend. There are a ton of great college football games this weekend. A ton of really good NFL games this weekend in addition to everything that's going on with the MLB playoffs. So, We'll uh, we'll have a chance to dive in really for the first time on this weekend college football slate coming up here in a few minutes. That's Lane Whitman, the Railbird, is set to join us after this timeout here on the ticket. Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on the ticket. Central Toyota has your vehicle and your back. And call Central Toyota today to schedule your service appointment. Don't put off tomorrow what can be done today. Central Toyota's service department is even open on Saturdays. Whether you need an oil change, a tire rotation, wheel alignment, brake service, battery inspection, or engine repair, you can count on the service team at Central Toyota. Next time your vehicle needs maintenance, remember Central Toyota. Schedule your service needs today on Stadium in Jonesboro and online at centraltoyota.com. See Placid Tire Service today for the right tire at the right price right now. Placid Tire Service is the area's biggest selection of in-stock tires at the lowest price with outstanding service, including our four tires, one-hour guarantee. Plus, we make the purchase easy on the budget with our Placid Tire Service card or no credit needed financing options. In Jonesboro and South Caraway, and at our newest location on East Johnson Avenue, Placid Tire Service has the right tire at the right price right now. Come see us today at Placid Tire Service. 
Save big this week at Food Smart, where you get all items at cost plus 10% at checkout. Get fresh ground beef value packs for $2.27 a pound. Red Delicious Jonathan or Golden Delicious Apples, three pound bags, $1.98. Best Choice Cooked, Peeled, and Deveined Shrimp, 12 ounces, 31 to 40 count, $4.52. Fresh Medium Pork Spare Ribs, two slab packs, $1.58 a pound. And Coke 12 packs are three for $9.88 when you buy three or more. Be smart. Shop Food Smart. Now open in Jonesboro and the two former Hayes Supermarkets locations on Nettleton and on G Street. Redwoods fans, this is your coach, Butch Jones, and it's football time in Jonesboro. We can't wait to see you pack the vault for six home games this fall. Hatcher steps up, going to keep it. Inside the 10, inside the 5 lane, Hatcher is into the end zone. Touchdown, Arkansas State. Help us lock the vault. Secure your seat now. Visit astateredwolves.com or call 870-972-2781. Wolves up. The Storehouse has a new location, 3102 Fox Road in Jonesboro, and they have everything for your business. Office supplies, office furniture, fireproof files, printer towers and ink, break room supplies, cleaning supplies, bathroom supplies, self-inking stamps, printing, and so much more. The Storehouse offers free delivery, and you can order online or over the phone if you need. The Storehouse, 3102 Fox Road in Jonesboro, or call 870-972-6360. Put your business in the hands of the experts at The Storehouse today. The premier arts and crafts festival for Southeast Arkansas is coming up Thanksgiving weekend. Part of the Stuttgart Wings Over the Prairie Festival. Right now, booth spaces are being reserved for this year's event. Contact the Stuttgart Chamber of Commerce today and reserve your space. Over 20,000 people attend this annual event and you need to make sure your arts and crafts are there to be viewed and sold. Call 870-673-1602 or go to StuttgartArkansas.org to reserve your arts and crafts booth for the Wings Over the Prairie Festival in Stuttgart. That's 870-673-1602 or go to Stuttgart Arkansas. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton with you here on this Friday edition of the show on 95.3-969, the ticket. We're halfway home on a Friday edition of the show, which, as always, means it's time to go to the Ritter Communications Hotline and welcome in Lang Whitman, the Railbird. Lang, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Kate. How about you? Doing good. Uh, We're talking on a Friday, which means college football is close, so can't get much better than that. Yeah, ended the work week for a lot of people, and uh, time to... uh... Put the ball on the tee and kick it off. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, let's uh, let's kind of dive in. We'll start first on uh, – we'll, we'll go college football, we'll go NFL, then we'll go to your uh, money play for the weekend. Uh, first off, we'll start with the uh, the 11 a.m. kids, the Arkansas Razorbacks at home against Auburn, as they are a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Tigers at home tomorrow for their homecoming game. Uh, you like uh, you like Arkansas? Or you like Auburn in this one? Well, I think this is the key game in, in the rest of Arkansas' season. Uh, you look at it; they could get a win right here. Uh, you have UAPB next week, which should be a win. Then you go into a bye week. Then you have a home game uh, against Mississippi State that's obviously winnable. Then you have a road game at LSU, which might be in shambles by then. Yeah. And 
and after that, yes, you go to Alabama. But you know, he had potential to be eight and two going to Alabama. I mean, if if you're seven and three, that's not bad. But the way the season started, it would be a slight letdown. Uh, this is an Auburn team that has won five straight in the series against Arkansas and seven of the last eight. Uh, I think Hog fans need to worry about the mindset of the team coming off the tough loss last week in Oxford. Uh, you know, they would have wanted the, the two-point conversion to go their way. It didn't go their way. It did a few years ago, and you know, those are crazy games that Ole Miss yeah. and Arkansas usually play, and that one was no different. Uh, this is the first time the Hogs are favored in over 30 SEC games. I didn't <laughs> go all the way back to find the, the last time they were favored. It's either uh, there was a game in 2017 where they were favored early, but I think the the betting moved during the week. It might be, it might go all the way back to 2015 before you could find a time that they were less favored wow. in the SEC game. So, you know, we're going to have to look at that. You're going to see, can the Hogs run D get everything figured out? Uh, they got ran over the last two weeks, and you got to get that figured out with Tank Bigsby coming to town for Auburn. And for Auburn, uh, is, it, is it good Bo Nicks or bad Bo Nicks? Yeah. Uh, you know, home or road, he has, you know, crazy splits, uh, good and bad. Uh, so I'm going to lean Auburn plus the four and a half here, but I think Arkansas wins. I, I got this as a field goal game. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think Arkansas still has in their minds what happened last year inside Jordan-Hare Stadium with the uh, controversial call at the end of the game. So that one's going to be very, very interesting tomorrow. I have to yeah, keep an eye on that. I think, sure. I think, I think being at home can, can help the mindset coming off the tough loss last week. If this game was yeah. at Auburn, I would give Arkansas very little chance to win. Last week, uh, Texas had Oklahoma on the ropes and then some, but they wind up uh, letting Oklahoma come back and win that game. Now they're taking on Oklahoma State this weekend where they are a four-point favorite. Uh, are you picking Texas to bounce back or are you going uh, with the Pokes? You, know, you said had had Oklahoma on the ropes. I, I thought that game was over. Yeah, a friend of mine, a friend of mine had played the Sooners, and and he texts me, you know, just come on Sooners. I said, man, you can quit rooting on that. That game's <laughs> over with. And then, and then you know, this the crazy end of that game was going on at the same time as the Arkansas Ole Miss game. Just some wild stuff going on in the early games last week. This is a tough read here. Uh, the Oklahoma State D is ranked very high. They're the top ten in the country in, in several categories, but they've mainly played poor to middling offenses so far. Uh, and when again talking about mindset, what's Texas mindset after last yeah. week's debacle against Oklahoma? Again, they are at home, so maybe that helps out some. Uh, the Texas offense has been on fire since the Arkansas game with Thompson at quarterback scoring 58, 70, 32, and 48 points uh, you know, in, in their game since then. Uh, you know, this isn't a typical Oklahoma State team. Their offense is much less high flying than in years past, and they, they run the ball and, and try to use the clock a little more. Uh, in the history of this series has favored the underdog. Underdog has covered the spread the last four years. I'm going to lean toward Oklahoma State here. Uh, plus the points, and maybe Texas might get off to a slow start and let Oklahoma State hang around, a team where Oklahoma State has beaten them for the last six years. Another game, which I guess is a trend in the SEC now when Georgia and uh, Alabama play top 25 opponents, but uh, we have a three-touchdown line between Georgia and Kentucky tomorrow as Georgia's currently favored by 21-and-a-half. Are you uh, taking the dogs and the points, or you take Kentucky to cover that? I, I tell you what, I mean, this Georgia team, you kind of throw out the normal handicapping stuff because normally it seems like a lot of times the handicapping is, is affected by what is perceived of every team's offense. 
But it's total opposite with this Georgia. I mean, yeah. you, how many points are they going to give up? The line looks big, but how many points can Kentucky really score? Yeah. I mean, their team over under in the game is 11. So let's let's say they do go over it and get 14, which nobody's done all year on Georgia. I mean, can Georgia get 35 or 30, 38 to cover? Yeah, they can. So, I mean, with that said, I'll, I'll take Georgia minus the points over a Kentucky team the last two years has scored a grand total of three points against Georgia. Wow. Yeah, that's, that, is a, uh, that is a wild stat. Three points in two years. Wow. Yeah, the low-scoring games, though. I mean, they're 14-3 to three and 17 to nothing in the last two years. Wow. Well, there's another SEC game where a lot of people don't expect it to be low-scoring tomorrow. That's Ole Miss <laughs> going on the road at Tennessee. Right now, Ole Miss is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is currently at 82. What do you like out of this game? I mean, how many? they need to have a number on how many possessions are in this game and have that for an over-under number. <laughs> yes. I mean, this is going to be a game of so many possessions. Both the two of these, these are the two of the fastest teams in terms of running plays in Division One football, uh, I mean, is, is are the Rebs road ready coming off that big home win? Uh, can the D just get a few stops after giving up 93 points the last two weeks? On the other hand, Tennessee scored 107 points the last two weeks against Missouri and South Carolina. Did the Vols find something, or were they just playing two defenses that aren't very good no. on teams that are just you know mediocre at best, if not poor? So that's the question you got to answer. I'm not sure the Vols are ready to win a game like this yet uh, in the Josh Heupel era. So I'm going to I'm going to lean to Ole Miss here and, and lay the two and a half points. Are you touching the over at all? It, it's went down. It actually opened yeah. up at like 85. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about that is if what hurts those over unders. If you have, and I don't think there's going to be any eight minute drives in this game. But if there is a even a five minute drive that ends with a, a field goal or a turnover, that that makes the chances of that game going over so much less. If there's even one or two drives like right. that, I would probably I'd probably lean under, but I I, I wouldn't bet it either way. <laughs> That's it's kind of how I am. Just stay away from it. Uh, Florida and LSU, and what will be a very interesting game. Not necessarily on the field, but more kind of off the field in terms of if LSU loses, will Ed Orgeron be their head coach going into Oxford next weekend? But uh, Florida is a 12-point favorite in that game. Are you taking the Gators minus 12? There's, it, that's, a, that's quite a few points, but there's no way I can take this LSU team right now. I mean, first of all, it's an early 11 a.m. start in Death Valley, so that's not going to be fully juiced up like it would yeah. be if it's a night game. And these two teams do not like each other. Uh, they are the, the cross-division opponent each year. Uh, so last year, LSU ruined, kind of ruined Florida's deal going into the SEC championship game. That was, if you might remember, that's the shoe-throwing game and the mm-hmm. 15-yard penalty and all that kind of craziness. Uh, I mean, but you're looking at an LSU team that might be ready to throw the towel in. I mean, yeah. the basic offense that the Kentucky Wildcats run uh, pounded out 330 yards rushing on them last week. Uh, that's just not LSU-like at all. Florida is another good running team. And if Emory Jones uh, can get some uh, plays in the pass game, I think Florida can and might run the score up here on LSU. 
I I tend to agree. As uh, Lang Whitman, the Railbird, joining us here, going over some of uh, the his picks for the weekend. Uh, we'll jump to the NFL before jumping back to college. Uh, one game on Sunday that's going to be very interesting because you're going to have two high-powered offenses and two young quarterbacks is uh, the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, what do you like out of this game? You know, I always try to find a stat, something to bring to the table that I read on Twitter or get saw on ESPN or something that maybe everybody else didn't see. And the stat this week involves the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they were the first team in NFL history last week to score 40-plus points in a game with zero turnovers and lose. That stat, that stat is now 463 wins and one loss. Wow. Tough, tough loss there for Cleveland last week against the Chargers. In the game, I thought it would be low scoring. It was the highest scoring game of the week, so what do I know? But the, the Browns are a great running team. Uh, they do have Nick Chubb out for this week. That was announced earlier today, so Kareem Hunt will get the start at running back. In a game where there might be some weather involved, Maybe 20-plus yeah. mile-an-hour winds is what they're saying. You look over on the Arizona side, they don't stop the run very well. Uh, their MVP candidate, uh, Murray, at quarterback, his shoulder might be messed up. So you might have a quarterback with a dinged-up shoulder that's going to have a tough time passing in 20-mile-an-hour winds. Uh, a good Cleveland defense, even though they didn't play great last week. I believe their running game for Cleveland can control the pace of the game. I look for Cleveland to give Arizona its first loss of the year. Okay, so you're taking the Browns of that one. Uh, I guess the other NFL game we had on there was uh, was the uh, Chargers and the Ravens. Uh, again, another battle of two young quarterbacks. So the Ravens are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, are you taking Lamar or you go Herbert in this one? Boy, I tell you, here's another stat here on, on Justin Herbert. Uh, 11 300-yard passing games in his career, and that's the most ever for a second-year quarterback. Wow. And he's still got 12 games left in his, in his second year. Yeah. That guy, that guy's going to be a load for anybody for a long time in the NFL. He, was, he must have been just held back tremendously at Oregon. I can't believe it. They held him back like that. This guy's an animal out there. Uh, Lamar Jackson has played great as well the last few games, uh, generating 400 and then almost 500 yards of offense on Monday night. I think he ended with 499. Uh, this is just going to be a great game to watch. Uh, I love Justin Herbert and Coach Brandon Staley, but I'm going to lean toward Baltimore and their ground game here against the Charger defense that is suddenly uh, near the bottom of the league in giving up rushing yards. It's what's going to be a good game. It won't surprise me if, if Herbert and the Chargers can pull it out. Uh, Baltimore's been living and dying by the skin of their teeth every week, but I'm going to stick with the Ravens at home here. Your uh, money play of the week uh, is now Hawaii at Nevada, the uh, last kickoff of the night tomorrow night at 9.30. The uh, Rainbow Warriors are 14-point road dogs, the over-under 61 in that game. What about that game makes it your money play? Well, one is Nevada's quarterback is an NFL-caliber guy. Uh, Carson Strong, he's projected to go maybe late in the first round right now in the draft next year. Uh, he's thrown 14 touchdown passes already, completed nearly 70% of his passes. The Wolfpack are 4-1 with wins at California and at Boise State on the blue turf. So, you know, that they have a big offense, put up 55 yeah. points last week, put up 41 points the week before at Boise, and they have some revenge here against Hawaii. They lost last year on the island 24-21, and when Hawaii came to Reno two years ago, uh, Nevada was a two-point favorite and got blasted 54 to 3 
I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Nevada is going to run the score up here on Hawaii in a game which might kick off in the low 40s and then drop from there. I don't think really Hawaii is going to want to play in that type weather. I look for Nevada, who had a big lead last week against New Mexico State, 55-7, to and gave up a few touchdowns late to make it 55-28. I think they're going to keep the hammer down on this Hawaii team, get a little payback for those last losses the last two years. Lang, as always, appreciate the time and appreciate you joining us on Fridays. Uh, tell everyone listening how they can uh, keep track uh, with you this weekend and with all the uh, bets you place this week on uh, some football. Yeah, you just want to see what I'm playing or see my recommendations. Uh, just look at, on my Twitter account at the Railbird three three three. I have a Twitter page with the same name, the Railbird three three three, and you know I'll post those up. Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and we'll see how it does. I'll have my record up there for the year, too. It's not good in the NFL. It's, it's <laughs> a little above 50-50 in college. We'll see if we can make that up there, get it maybe towards 60%. Lang, as always, appreciate the time, and uh, good luck to you this weekend. All right. Thanks for having me on, Kate. That's Lang Whitman, the Railbird, joining us as he does each and every Friday. If you missed any of that visit, you can find it after the program. SoundCloud.com slash 95.3 The Ticket or wherever you get your podcast by searching for the setup. So, always good stuff with Lang. Appreciate him joining us on Fridays. Uh, We'll come back. Uh, He went over a lot of college football games. We'll kind of go over some of the ones he mentioned, some other ones that are going on tomorrow, look at the NFL slate, and get set to close out a Friday edition of The Setup after this timeout here on The Ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Price down a bit, most everything else up. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. December corn to 525 and three quarters up nine, with March corn to 534 and a quarter up eight and a half. November soybeans to 1217 and three quarters up 11 and a half, with January soybeans to 1226 and a quarter up 10 and three quarters. December wheat at 734 up nine and a quarter, with March wheat at 746 and a half up nine and three quarters. December cotton at 107.33 up 23, March cotton at 105 up five. November rice at 13.85 and a half down one and a half. January rice at 14.11 and a half down one. Moving on to livestock now. October live cattle at 125.97 and a half up 22 and a half. December live cattle at 130.97 and a half up 67 and a half. October feeder cattle at 157.57 and a half down 85. November feeder cattle at 161.42 and a half down 72 and a half. December lane hogs at 78.27 and a half up 95. With February hogs at 81.32 and a half up 102 and a half. That's your EAB Market Countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice an 8-year-old girl who's not not excited excited for summer summer break? Because she may not be having lunch again until September? Or a single father of two who works three part-time jobs and still can't put enough food on the table? Or maybe a mother who cleans offices at night, hoping to find meeting leftovers to take home to her hungry family. Or a war veteran who's having having a hard time landing a job and getting back on his feet. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. 
Call Central Chevrolet today and schedule your service appointment. Don't keep putting it off. Central Chevrolet's service department is even open on Saturdays. Whether you need an oil change, a tire rotation, wheel alignment, brake service, battery inspection, or engine repair, you can count on the service team at Central Chevrolet. Next time your vehicle needs maintenance, remember Central Chevrolet. Professional, convenient, reliable. Schedule your service today on Stadium in Jonesboro or online at centralchevrolet.com. Hey, this is Nathan from Thomas Express Car Wash, and we want you to come join our team. That's right, Thomas Express is now hiring. At Tommy's, we use the newest, most innovative technology in the auto wash industry with an easy load conveyor belt system, plus free vacuum and free mat washers. And Tommy Club Unlimited memberships start at just $19.99 a month. Tommy's Express Car Wash, soon to have two locations in Jonesboro. We're open seven days a week at Highland and Caraway, and coming this fall, visit Tommy's Express at our new location on Hilltop. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton with you. Closing out this Friday edition of the show here on 95.3, the ticket, 953theticket.com. By the way, a uh, little bit of a programming note. No drive today. This will be the last show we have in terms of local shows on the ticket this week. Be back with a full schedule coming up on Monday. Uh, kind of gone over it a couple times on the show today, but uh, while we're talking about programming, just to go over it once more, uh, a lot of high school football across our airwaves tonight as uh, Valley View and Brooklyn take it on each other out at uh, Central Dealership Stadium on the campus of Valley View. So depending on which school you support, you can uh, find the uh, Brooklyn broadcast at uh, 101.7 KISS FM or the Valley View broadcast over on KBTM. Both pregame start at 6.30 and kick off at 7 o'clock in that contest. Meanwhile, Nettleton taking on Green County Tech for their homecoming homecoming game tonight. Pregame at 6.30, kickoff at 7 on Bob FM. And Jonesboro right here on the ticket uh, with a 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kick against the West Memphis Blue Devils tonight. And then after all the games go final, keep it here on the ticket for... The Friday Night Lights scoreboard show hosted by Will Oswalt. So, a uh, ton of stuff coming up this weekend uh, across the EAB Sports Network airwaves. Uh, in terms of some college football games that are interesting this weekend, we've kind of gone over the Friday slate tonight. Uh, I really think Syracuse can beat Clemson tonight. Actually, I think they will beat Clemson tonight. Cal and Oregon seems to be a little bit of a quirky, weird game that. Uh, Maybe Cal pulls the upset. I don't think so, but I think it'll be a close, interesting game. But uh, in terms of some games tomorrow, I am interested in UCF at Cincinnati just because, you know, UCF was a team at the beginning of the year that, uh, you know, had gotten off to a good start. They were receiving votes in the AP Top 25 at one point, and really a lot of people thought they could be the main challenger for UCF in the AAC and then they lost to uh, Louisville and they lost to Navy in back-to-back weeks and that kind of went out the window but Cincinnati at this point number three in the country obviously even though they're number three in the country right now it's still going to be a little bit of an uphill climb for 
Cincinnati to get into that college football playoff. So what do they need to do? They need to blow everyone out. They play on their schedule the rest of the year. Do it pretty convincingly. You look at uh, Cincinnati's schedule right now, and they have five straight weeks uh, upcoming uh, playing opponents who are not inside the top 25. So one would venture to think that any kind of slip-up or close to a slip-up any type of close game that Cincinnati plays over the next few weeks is going to get them penalized in the AP Top 25 or the college football playoff rankings that come out the 1st of November, whether it's right or wrong. Uh, so Cincinnati really needs to have some dominant wins over the course of the next few weeks. Now, they do have a saving grace in the fact that SMU has cracked into the Top 25, and so if SMU stays kind of where they're at and stays in the Top 25, they'll have another Top 25 matchup to bolster their Uh, college football playoff case at the end of the year but interesting uh, to see what happens in UCF and Cincinnati this weekend also really intrigued with the Arkansas and Auburn game tomorrow Arkansas is going to have a chance even if they lose tomorrow they're still going to have a chance to win eight games on the season which I think a lot of people would have taken at the start of the year but you beat A&M, you beat Texas, you get kind of greedy. And right now, you're number 17 in the country. You lose to Auburn tomorrow, you're probably falling out of the top 25. Now, you're able to get back in within the next couple of weeks because you're going to have some – Arkansas plays UAPB, Mississippi State, and LSU their next three games. So if even if they lose Saturday, a 7-3 and three Arkansas team can crack back in the top 25. But a win Saturday, and all of a sudden you – have a legitimate shot to go into that Alabama game on November 20th uh, at 8-2. and two. So really interested to see how that game goes. I think it's going to be Arkansas and Auburn, especially when it's at Fayetteville, always seems to be kind of a weird game. So I uh, think it's probably going to be a weird game, but uh, really I, I do think Arkansas wins the game. Arkansas has, depending on what Bo Nix you get, but Arkansas has the much better offense, and I don't know that Auburn can stop Arkansas from running the ball at will tomorrow, so that will be an interesting game. Also, Florida and LSU, extremely interesting. We've kind of talked about it throughout the year on the show, but LSU has a bye week after the Ole Miss game next week. They play Florida this week, then they go to Ole Miss next week. They have a bye week after that, and then they play Bama. So if they have lost three in a row to Kentucky, Florida, and Ole Miss, the latter two, which are their big rivals outside of Alabama, I don't know that Ed Orsheron coaches that Alabama game in November. So it will be it will be really interesting. I think the writing's kind of already on the wall, but if they go and lose to Florida this week at home, uh, I think it uh, I think it's going to move pretty quickly over the course of that bye week. And really, and truthfully, LSU is so banged up. I don't know if they have the players to compete with Florida. Also interested to see how Kentucky looks against Georgia uh, tomorrow. I really doubt they win, but I, I don't think it's out of their own possibility to say Kentucky keeps it close. So that one will be uh, just to see kind of how good Kentucky is uh, will be interesting because if they go and get blown out at Georgia tomorrow, they're they're going to drop a little bit because they really don't just have a, a ton of true impressive wins on the season. So it will be interesting to see how they fare against Georgia tomorrow. That obviously really interested in the Ole Miss-Tennessee game for a lot of reasons. 
First time these two have played since 2014. Uh, first time Lane Kiffin has returned to Knoxville since he departed for the USC job. Tennessee looks like they figured some things out offensively. It's the highest over-under in the history of SEC football. Uh, you have you know, two really potent offenses, at least – and I can't figure out if Tennessee's offense is potent. They played uh, they played South Carolina and Missouri the last two weeks. They figured stuff out in the last two weeks, but I don't know if they've actually figured stuff out or if it's been more of a reflection of the opponents they're playing. But that will be a fun game for a lot of reasons tomorrow. I expect a lot of points to be scored. I don't know that it's going to be 82.5 or 83 that the line suggests, but that will be a really, really fun game. Uh, sold out Neyland Stadium tomorrow, so uh, excited to uh, watch that game tomorrow from Knoxville. So uh, a fun weekend of college football upcoming this week. Uh, we'll also have some MLB action. We'll come back on Monday and kind of talk about some of the ALCS and the NLCS games. Uh, Boston and Houston actually uh, kind of kicks things off tonight at uh, 7 o'clock on Fox. Meanwhile, tomorrow we'll see the opener of the uh, Dodgers and the Braves at 7 o'clock on TBS. So fun weekend of sports coming up. Can't wait to get back on Monday and recap it right here on the setup. No drive today, but a ton of high school football coverage coming your way across the EAB Sports Network tonight. We'll also have Cowboys football right here on the ticket on Sunday, and that'll get you back to regular programming on Monday. Front row with Bedrow from 7 to 10. Red Wolf roll call from 10 to 12. The Workday Red Zone from 12 to 2. And the setup from 2 to 3 with Andrew Bowen back on Monday. So, Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Lang Whitman, the Railbird, for joining us today. You missed any of today's show. It'll be up following the program, 953thetickets, soundcloud.com slash 953theticket. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.